You're listening to WTJU Soundboard for this Friday, May 5th, 2023. I'm Orion Ballou, and this week, some African produce being grown in Virginia, state campaign fundraising numbers, and a new zine on Charlottesville's music history from WTJU. Let's jump into the stories. Hundreds of thousands of people in Virginia may be in danger of losing their health insurance. Michael Pope reports. When the pandemic struck, Congress responded by passing the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, preventing states from terminating Medicaid coverage. As a result, the number of people who have health insurance skyrocketed. Now the pandemic era rules are ending and the federal government is allowing states to unwind coverage and potentially remove people from the Medicaid rolls. Giovanna LaFosse worries about her family. So I'm trying to build up my life again. and. With the new employments that I have and don't have enough coverage for my kids, Medicaid is a very good support for myself and my family. And if they take Medicaid from us, it will be a bag for my son who is an autism and really need help with that. Freddie Mejia at the Commonwealth Institute says unwinding coverage disproportionately harms children and minorities. Recent national analysis suggests that children, Latino and Black individuals are particularly vulnerable to being disenrolled while remaining eligible. In fact, 74% of children who lose coverage nationally are expected to be disenrolled despite remaining eligible for coverage. He says more than 300,000 people in Virginia are in danger of losing their health insurance as Virginia unwinds Medicaid coverage and disenrolls people over the next year. I'm Michael Pope. Are you tired of the same old fruits and vegetables? Well, Michael Carter Jr. of Carter's Farm has you covered. He's pioneering what he calls Afroculture, in which he grows and sells African produce right here in Virginia. We spoke with Civil Weekly's chief editor, Richard DeChico, to find out more. So this week's story is called Growing Home, and it's about Carter Farms. It is run by farmer Michael Carter Jr., who took on the mantle from his family, I believe, and he started like a new business there. And anyways, the piece is about Carter Farms and the sort of unique and innovative way that Michael Carter is is running his farm. So he focuses on something that he calls Africulture. And he is connecting generations, he's connecting localities, he's connecting markets together, and he's serving communities that maybe didn't get some of the niche African produce that they've been looking for. So he had worked in Africa at some point, in Ghana and in Kenya, on agricultural initiatives and sustainable farming and things like that. And so when he came back to the States and decided to take on his family property and family farm, which had been in the family for generations, he had decided to serve African immigrant communities that he identified within Virginia and in D.C. and places like that. And he found a bunch of African grocers throughout Northern Virginia and said, well, hey, what if I grew some of those vegetables here? I wonder if those communities would like this. And evidently they did. It sold out incredibly quickly, like before he could get home after dropping off the produce. And we actually identify some of the different crops like managu, taro leaf, Nigerian spinach. We've just got some really beautiful images of the farm and of Farmer Carter. I don't know if he wants to be referred to as a farmer, but because the, the first line is that, he, you know, calling him a farmer would barely scratch the surface. He does a lot. He does a lot. Every seat in the Virginia General Assembly is up for election or re-election this year. The first round of campaign finance reports recently posted. 
and there's a whole lot of money being thrown around. WTJU's Nathan Moore spoke with Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska. Well, apparently, um, Youngkin has come up with 2.7 million, although he's not, you know, he's not up for re-election. The um, Democratic Senate has around 5.5 million, and the Democrats in the House of Delegates, where they hold a minority, are a little bit under a million. It is really getting more and more into big money. So Youngkin's got a bunch of money, and he clearly wants to get a majority in the Senate and hold the majority in the House of Delegates so that he can push through a lot more policy programs. Where do you see this largesse being deployed? Well, obviously, you know, he can sell. He's hugely rich. I mean, three, four hundred million dollars. He has self-funded himself, but he can't fund everything. It depends on how much uh, he can actually do. There's a lot of money behind the Democrats. And the Republicans haven't quite gotten their act together. You know, the the big money game in Virginia politics just seems to be expanding more and more, uh, even here in the Charlottesville area, where, you know, even the primaries are turning into a f- definitely five, sometimes six-figure affairs. Is it just going to keep being, a, you know, more and more big money in Virginia politics? Well, I think so. But, I mean, in, in, don't forget, in many ways, this is mirroring what's happening in other states. I mean, big money's it. You know, Virginia's maybe been a little bit behind, if you consider this a trend. Um, And I just think that it is a trend, and it's going to keep going. For Arts This Week, I chatted with Jay Baker. They're the managing editor of Under the Table and Screaming. That's WTJU's new zine by journalist Aaron O'Hare. I asked them about what we can find inside. It is a uh, personal history of Charlottesville's music scene, particularly the independent and DIY scene as opposed to the larger commercial scene. So think more basement shows than Dave Matthews and uh, the Teen Pavilion. Aaron, the author, spent uh, several years interviewing uh, people in the local music community, both currently and who have been important in uh, the history of music in Charlottesville. This first edition focuses on the Twisted Branch Tea Bazaar, so you'll see a lot of first-hand perspectives on T-Bazaar of time past, T-Bazaar currently, um, and the various musical groups and scenes that have thrived there. So there's a section on um, the T-Bazaar being a home for hip-hop when there weren't a lot of homes for hip-hop in Charlottesville. Um, there is a section on the T-Bazaar and uh, the learning experience of being a booking agent, booking shows there. You see a bunch of other goodies that I won't give away. This is for anyone who's interested in the way Charlottesville's music scene got to be the way it is today. Anyone making music, anyone uh, making art, I think it's important to really see the network of these things rather than uh, to view art or music in isolation. Right now, the paperback zine is a thank you gift for people who donate $50 or more to WTJU. In June, you'll be able to purchase it on WTJU's website or at local bookstores. Thanks to Peter Galaska, Jay Baker, and Richard DeChico for joining us this week. Our stories were produced by Katherine Hansen and Britton Graber. You can hear the news live on WTJU 91.1 FM, that's weekdays at 9 and 4, and Arts This Week every Wednesday at noon and 7. I'm Arian Ballou. Our theme song is Kyoja Beat by Morwen Alasco and Jay Pun. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, and check out more shows at virginiaaudio.org.